0: We could say that you are thinking the same thoughts, performing the same actions that create the same experiences that produce the same emotions, but secretly expecting something to change in your life. Would you agree? So then as the environment turns on different circuits in your brain, you begin to think equal to your environment as you see the same people and go to the same places and do the same things at the same time, it's the external environment that's turning on different circuits in your brain, causing you to think equal to everything that you know. And as long as you think equal to everything that's familiar or known to you, what do you keep creating more of? Same Same life. Now the quantum law is still applying to you. You're just thinking equal to everything that you know, and you keep creating more of the same to change. To truly change is to think greater than your environment. And every great person in history knew this, whether it was William Wallace or Mahatma Gandhi or Martin Luther King or Queen Elizabeth I or Joan of Arc, they all had a vision. They all had an idea, couldn't see it, couldn't smell it, couldn't taste it, couldn't feel it, but it was alive in their mind. It was so alive in their mind that they began to live as if that reality was actually happening now. So can you believe in a future that you can't see or experience with your senses yet, but you've thought about enough times in your mind that your brain is literally changed to look like the event has already happened? Neuroscience says it's absolutely possible. If you are familiar with my work, you know, that I'm in love with the concept of mental rehearsal. I am fascinated by how we can change the brain as well as the body by thought alone. Think about that for a moment. If you focus your attention on specific imagery in your mind and become very present with a sequence of repeated thoughts and feelings, your brain and body will not know the difference between what is occurring in the outer world and what is happening in your inner world. So when you're fully engaged and focused, the inner world of imagination will appear as an outer world experience and your biology will change accordingly. That means you can make your brain and body look as if a physical experience has already happened without having the actual experience. What you put your attention on and mentally rehearse over and over again not only becomes who you are from a biological perspective, it also determines your future. Here's a good example. A team of Harvard researchers took a group of volunteers who had never before played the piano and divided the group in half. One half practiced a simple five finger piano exercise for two hours a day, over a period of five days. The remaining half did the same thing, but just by imagining they were sitting at the piano without physically moving their fingers in any way. The before and after brain scans showed that both groups created a dramatic number of new neural circuits and new neurological programming in the region of their brains that controls finger movements, even though one group did so by thought alone. Think about this. The folks who mentally rehearsed the actions had brains that looked like the experience had already happened, even though they never lifted a finger. If you were to put them in front of a piano after five days of mental rehearsal, many of them would be able to play the exercise they imagined pretty well, even though they had never before tickled the ivories. By mentally imagining the activity every day they installed the neurological hardware in preparation for the experience. They repeatedly fired and wired those brain circuits with their attention and intention, and over time the hardware became an automatic software program in their brains, and it became easier to do the next time. So if they were to start to play after five days of mental practice, their behaviors would become easily aligned with their conscious intentions because they primed their brains for the experience ahead of time. That's how powerful the mind can be once trained. Similar studies show the same kinds of results with muscle training. In a pioneering study at the Cleveland Clinic, Ten research subjects between the ages of 20 and 35 imagined flexing one of their biceps as hard as they could in five training sessions a week for 12 weeks. Every other week, the researchers recorded the subjects electrical brain activity during their sessions and measured their muscle strength. By the end of the study, the subjects had increased their bicep strength by 13.5% even though they hadn't actually been using their muscles at all. They maintained this gain for three months after training sessions stopped. More recently, a research team made up of scientists from the University of Texas at San Antonio, the Cleveland Clinic, and the Kessler Foundation Research Center in West Orange, New Jersey, asked subjects to visualize contracting their elbow flexor muscle. As they did so, they were instructed to urge the muscles to flex as strong and hard as possible, adding a firm intention to their strong mental energy For 15-minute sessions, five days a week, for 12 weeks, one group of subjects was instructed to use what is called external or third-person imagery, imagining themselves performing the exercise by observing themselves in a scene in their head separate from the experience, like watching a movie of themselves. A second group, was instructed to use internal or first-person imagery, imagining that their bodies as they existed right then in real time were doing the exercise, making it more immediate and realistic. A third group, the control, did no practice. The group using external imagery, as well as the control group, showed no significant change, but the group using internal imagery showed a 10.8% increase in strength. In fact, when you wake up and start thinking about your day neurologically, biologically, chemically, and even genetically, it looks as though that day has already happened for you. And in fact, it has. Once you actually start the day's activities, just as in the experiments above, your body is naturally and automatically going to behave equal to your conscious or unconscious intentions. If you've been doing the same things for years on end, those circuits, As well as the rest of your biology are more readily and easily activated that's because not only do you prime your biology every day with your mind but you also recreate the same physical behaviors in order to reinforce those experiences further in your brain and body and it actually becomes easier to go unconscious every day because you keep mentally and physically reinforcing the same habits over again creating the habit of behaving by habit. you got to go out into life and try it out, okay? I've changed my internal state. You could have a great meditation. You can connect, your heart could open, this happened to me. You could open your heart, you'd be amazing, you feel like the day is invincible. And you get up, and then the rest of your day, you're unconscious, the, the, the 15 hours of your day. So you're gonna weigh one hour, of being in a different state of being against 15 hours of you being unhappy and rushing and in a program. Mm. So then how many times do we have to forget until we stop forgetting and start remembering? That's called change. How many times do we have to go unconscious to the point where we no longer go unconscious and we stay conscious? That's the moment of change. Now, if you're truly out of the bleachers and you're on the playing field, and this happens to a lot of people in our work. They say, you know, I really believe that this is the truth. I really believe that you mm-hmm. could heal yourself. I really believe you could change your life. I've seen the testimonials. I just never believed that it could happen to me. Now, this is a big moment. Now you're really stepping on the playing mm-hmm. field. So a person who starts doing their work, they're not, they're not interested in healing. The true, the t- person who's truly interested in this work. They understand that the only way they can heal is that they have to change. They're not saying, I'm gonna wait for my wealth or my healing to happen in order for me to feel grateful and be joyful in life. They're saying, if I feel grateful, my healing's gonna begin, right? If I if I feel more whole, then there should be some change in my gene expression. So they've studied the content, they've studied the information, and now it becomes extremely practical. So they may have a great meditation, and we've seen this happen to many people. They sleep better. They have less pain, they have more energy, but their blood values never change. Now they don't say, oh, I feel better, but I'm failing, this doesn't work. They say, what is it about me that's stopping this from completely healing? Okay, how am I in my waking day? The moment you begin to ask that question, you turn on the frontal lobe, and the frontal lobe is the seat of your conscience. Now the moment you start Looking at, at the end of your day, how did I do? This is such an important question. How'd I do today? Mm. Did I fall from grace? When did I lose it? And who did I lose it with? If I had another opportunity, how would I do it differently? They'll tell you, I've, I've seen them stand on the stage and tell their story and say, I had to start really watching myself in my life, Yeah, how I was emotionally responding to my ex, how I was emotionally responding to my financial problems. I had to really, really pay attention to that. And that takes an enormous amount of energy and an enormous amount of awareness to stop the program, right? So you forget and you go, damn, I went unconscious there. Now you didn't lose, you didn't fail, You just became conscious. Now, if you keep becoming so conscious of your unconscious states, you're you're outside the program. You're only in the program when you're unconscious. The moment you're conscious, you can objectify your subjective self. So you can see yourself through the eyes of someone else. So the learning process comes from the mistake. The brain learns by mistakes and surprises. I've made enough of them in my life. It's just whether you're gonna do it again. You wanna do it again, you're back in the habit, back in the routine. If you say, This is it. The next time that happens, I am not gonna do that. Not for anybody else, but because those emotions, actually, my response to that person or that circumstance is actually weakening the organism. Is that person, that circumstance worth it? So then it's evolution, it's evolution. The challenge then has to be met with a greater level of mind. The hardest part of every war is the last battle. That means that when your body, as the mind is raging, causing you to think that you cannot go any further, wanting you to stop and return to the world of the senses, you keep persevering, you truly step into the unknown, and sooner or later, you'll begin to break the emotional addiction within you. When you get beyond your guilt, your suffering, your fear, your frustration, your resentment, or your unworthiness, you are freeing your body from the chains of those habits and emotions that keep you anchored in the past. And as a result, you are liberating energy that is now coming back to you. As the body releases all of this stored emotional energy, it is no longer becoming the mind. You discover that right on the other side of your fear is courage. Right on the other side of your lack is wholeness. And just beyond your doubt is knowing. When you step into the unknown and surrender your anger or hatred, you discover love and compassion it's the same energy it has just been stored in the body and now it's available for you to use to design a new destiny so when you learn to overcome yourself or the memory of yourself in your life you break the bonds you have with everything every person every place and every time that's keeping you connected to your past present reality and when you finally overcome your anger or your frustration and you you liberate energy that was trapped in the past you call that energy back to you as you liberate all of that creative energy that has been tied up in those survival emotions within you and all around you you are building your own personal energy field around your body one way to increase your chances of uh, successful meditation is to give yourself enough time so you don't get distracted by trying to rush through the experience when I meditate for example I allow for two hours I don't have to take two hours every time but I know myself well enough by now to realize that if I have only one hour I'm going to tell myself there's not enough time if I have two hours on the other hand I can relax knowing I have plenty of time to find the present moment some days I find the sweet spot of the present moment pretty quickly While on other days, I have to work for an hour at bringing my brain and body back into the present. If I am aware of the same thoughts that are connected to those same familiar feelings, when I stop myself from feeling the same way, I'm no longer conditioning my body into the past and I'm no longer signaling the same genes in the same ways. And if emotions are the end products of experiences in the environment, and if it's the environment that signals the gene, then when I stop feeling those same emotions, I'm no longer selecting and instructing the same genes in the same ways. That not only affects the health of my body, but it also no longer primes my body to be in the same future based on living in the past. So as I inhibit those familiar feelings, I am changing the genetic program of my body. And since the hormones of long-term stress down regulate the expression of healthy genes and create disease every time I'm able to stop when I catch myself feeling any of those emotions that are related to stress I am no longer conditioning my body to stay addicted to the emotions of stress if I do it properly overcoming my familiar thoughts and emotions of my known past and future then energetically neurologically biologically chemically hormonally and genetically that predictable future as well as the familiar past I used to affirm it no longer exists. If I'm no longer firing and no longer wiring those same old neural networks by no longer thinking about those memories of the people or things at certain times and places, and I keep returning to the present moment, I'm calling energy back to me. You can see how the familiar past and the predictable future no longer exist. Now I'm in the sweet spot of the generous present moment and I have available energy to create. I've built my own energy field surrounding my body. Every time I've labored, sometimes for hours, to get beyond myself and find that place called the eternal now, and I truly break through. I've always thought the same thing. That was so worth it.